motherfucker, you have a responsibility to speak recklessly. People. Otherwise, my kids may never know what reckless talk sounds like. People. The joys of being wrong. I didn't come here to be right. Just came here to fuck around. People like games. That's fucking outstanding. What's up, what's up? And welcome to episode 77 of People Like Games. I'm Solo. And I'm Lilo. And it is Les Squad in the building. You are tuned in to the best damn podcast in the industry as per usual. Trademark, trademark, trademark. Pew pew, let's go. I actually thought you were going to forget that, but let's go. Hey, I sort of remembered at the last second. And before I forget and keep these things on rolls, what you been playing this week, Lilo? I know it's not Final Uh, Fantasy IX. Hey, get burned. Yeah, on that Switch, it isn't Final Fantasy IX. Unfortunately, honestly, I have not played any games this week. I say that with the caveat that, like, I'm always playing games on my phone. So, like, there's that. (laughs) So maybe this new golf game, Golf Blitz or some shit like that. But haven't had time, honestly. Brother, we see her for the weekend. Not too much. What about you? Oh, no, that is such a lie. I'm sorry. Mario Party. I crushed him. Oh, I forgot about that. It was legit. Mario Party, mm, only had one star, he had two, came from behind for the win with the two bonus stars. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay, sorry, that was a long ramble, but yeah, yeah I played Mario Party. He played Mario Party with the broskies, not mm-hmm. me skis. And I, even though, just, I'm, even though I just mentioned Final Fantasy IX, have really downloaded a demo called Grand Prix Story on Switch, Whoa. and it is a uh, 16-bit basically uh, race car team ownership uh, management simulator and it was really fun and interesting and I think I'm going to buy it. It's only 12 bucks, so worth it. Anywho, now it it is time for you. You know, you know, you know. It's a plug walk because we don't know if that sound cue went through. I hope it did and if it didn't, I'm just gonna bring it right back in from post editing. But anyway, let's start off the top with the fact that we have an event coming up Wednesday, May 22nd, 8 p.m. in partnership with Industry Makers. Come out for a very Miyazaki film night. We're going to be doing a screening of Princess Mononoke. We got limited tickets. There'll be wine, cheese, crackers, It'll be chill. It's a really cool spot. We'll be putting up photos and videos all this week on our Twitter and Instagram. Said Twitter is at people at games. You can find Lilo nice. personally at Lilo PLG, Bezos over right. at Bezos PLG, and me at people at games. And our Instagram, mm-hmm. which is also people at games, uh, and our Reddit subreddit rather would be the more accurate way of describing it is our backslash you guessed it people like games and i'm happy to announce our shop which comes in with the brand new name fire 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 etsy shop.com backslash 
people like games. We got we got we got we got to switch that up at some point, or we just got to keep it. We all. got people like games in the house. Yeah, people like games in the house all around, and Twitch is PLG Live, and you can find this show right here at number one in your hearts, but not yet on the rankings, and also <laughs> on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. SoundCloud, so on, so forth, and YouTube now as well. So that about wraps that up. Lilo, give us a little bit of uh... the talk, baby. Table contents, I got you. So we're starting now in the lobby with some hotcakes. Give me those one-liners of the industry because all you need is that one line to understand what the fuck's going on. Follow that shit up with the week in review in our quick scope. So and I be talking about Four articles each, when I say articles, I mean four stories each, really, that uh, we find interesting that you should know about the gaming industry, business or gaming related. Follow us up with Solo something or another. He's going to be talking about something at length or another thing at length. We don't know. Uh, unfortunately, this week, we do not have a game spotlight, but we do have a return of the rumor mill because a lot of juicy rumors came out actually in light of next month so there's a lot of things that are not confirmed yet but we think could be happening and speaking of not confirmed sorry to jump in the talk the book review will not be chosen this week it will be pushed back one week post 1a trace's wedding which shout out we're going to philly 1a trace getting yep and the telescope and and the telescope his lady the hubbard oh there you go. The Hubbard. <laughs> oh, hey. okay. That's actually pretty clever. All right. Uh, we're going to wrap up the table contents. Just letting you know, we do in our final lap. You know how it is. So we're always going to be running that back. So without further ado, let's hit those hot cakes in the lobby, baby. What you got, Solo? What I do not have is a sound cue yet. Sound <laughs> Legendary. Hey. Legendary. And now on that note, baby. we have Lenovo has introduced the world's first foldable PC, which Lilo has titled basically a screen tablet that can fold. Next. That's it. All right, another news. Epic Games is currently the headliner of the PC gaming show at E3, where you can find it on Monday, June 10th at 10 a.m. PST. That's Pacific Standard Time. Solo? Capcom has decided to announce three new leagues uh, this month in hopes or across amusement centers. Uh, across Japan in hopes to create feeder leagues into competitive uh, professional Capcom fighting game championship tournaments. Next. Jesus, that's a mouthful, but I understand. I get it. (laughs) We're going to end up hotcakes with Lobby with Final Fantasy VII Remake is confirmed to have episodic games in nature meaning multiple full game releases required for the full story i'll let that sit nice and sour in your mouth if you're a fan of the franchise fuck all right that's the end of the hot cakes in the lobby let's roll it over to the and before i get that going it is a great question oh, no. of initially or eventually studying what happened to Squaresoft and Square Enix in the years following their merger because they were two very good companies and they are now no longer one good company. (laughs) So um, why don't you 
both companies use your episodic brains and re-release Final Fantasy Tactics on Switch. Anyway. Not in multiple games. This mofo. All right. Now, let's start off Quickscope, right? I'm coming at you with some tech, and this release by HP has people a buzz in the gaming industry. It's actually pretty cool. HP today, on the 14th, unveiled its first dual-screen gaming laptop titled the Omen X2S. Oh, my God. So this is a 15-inch primary notebook with a 1080p display, and it's complemented on the keyboard, or rather on the vertical surface, right, where the keyboard would be, by a secondary 6-inch 1080p touchscreen that's put in top on top of the keyboard. When I say on top, I mean above, as in like towards the front. The keyboard is shifted down. You got the 6-inch screen that's touchscreen on top. If you know what the MacBook Pro is or what they got going on, they got the uh, LED touchscreen strip, I guess you'd say, at the top of the keyboard. This is very much in the same vein. So this Omen X2S is catering to those gamers who enjoy playing high-quality games, but also, you know, in their downtime, you got YouTube up or you got other things. It very much reminds me of the supplemental apps that you get for games nowadays. If you ever played Rudder 2, Red Dead Redemption 2, you can download the app on your phone and open up the map and watch yourself through the map instead of having to open it up in-game each time. So that's pretty cool. The specs on the gaming console sorry on the actual uh computer is intel core i9 processor up to an rtx 2080 which is insane two terabytes of ssd which is also insane 32 gigabytes of ddr4 ram and uh got a lot of good airflow going through that thing they expect the omen x2s to be available in june with a starting price of 2100 in the united states and that's probably with not the GTX or RTX 2080, so be aware. 2080 or 2080 is like primo. That's insane to go in this laptop. Very interested to see how this is. One caveat, it's got the fucking touchpad on the right side. Oh my God. You got some work to do, HP. Very upset about that. Solo? I pretty much think they looked at a Dreamcast controller and decided to adapt it, <laughs> um, but realistically. <laughs> Putting it in the center, yeah. yeah uh, and I'm going to start calling. Don't know what we're talking about PCs. Damn, is old. I'm going to start calling PC uh, PCs consoles just to annoy people. I'll be like, they're both mm-hmm. gaming consoles technically. Mm-hmm. They're a console, I, and console is a very twice. console is a very liberally defined word. So, get ready, gamers. I'm about to fuck up your vocabs. Anyway, <laughs> the. Speaking of fucking up, the ESA is in the news, um, this time Mm -hmm. for naming its new CEO, Stanley Pierre-Lewis, who was the interim CEO since October when the then-CEO, Michael Gallagher, stepped down. This comes amid reports of a toxic work culture that have been going on and with uh, a few stories uh, that we'll get to as well in terms of pressure the group is facing. In his interview and in a lot of his statements, he ends up speaking with very generic jargon such as we are the benchmark in American culture and the American economy when it talks about job creation, innovation, audience engagement, that's a lot of buzzwords. We are an organization that looks forward, that's a buzz phrase. What I see here are people excited about working for our industry, that's a buzz phrase. Um, 
And so you tell me if you find a, a, an actual human sentiment among these sentences, E3 remains a special moment for our industry. Uh, that week really shines a light on the best we have. Uh, it's a magical week. We want to sh- make sure that it stays, but the show continues to evolve. Like, Jesus Lord, whoever's writing your statement should probably graduate from something beyond a four-year college before you let them write this shit because that's some redundant raising elementary school but yeah you went college that's impressive <laughs> i'll go i'll go i'll go college because i know there, there there's an attempt at sounding like this is a pr statement but this is like the pr template they give you and say now add emotion to this and add right something exactly. so i expect this guy to be gone within the year when more of these reports come to light so Godlet, throw down we're gonna check it out yeah i'm gonna follow this stanley up. the manly probably does not have a planly so his <laughs> job <laughs> is probably uh... questionably hey on to the next all right, all right. Let's keep it rolling uh, with that Stanley the Manly joke. It's hilarious. I'm going to bring something back that actually it was news a couple months ago and two months ago to be specific. We didn't really cover, and I want to make sure it's a PSA for everyone who's curious about Microsoft's stance in the gaming industry. Microsoft has released a couple months ago a package that is catered to game developers. It's called the Xbox Game Stack. And it's kind of making headlines now because you're thinking about the next generation of consoles. They're getting developers. They made a whole bunch of moves at E3 last year. They bought a whole bunch of studios. You very much know that they're trying to make first-party games and establish itself in the market. Uh, Xbox GameStack is bringing together all of their different gaming platforms under one name and under one house and roof. It's called, uh, well, it's Xbox GameStack, sorry. It's bringing together the tools and services that they provide, such as Azure, PlayFab, DirectX, Visual Studio, Xbox Live, the App Center, and Havoc into one geocentrically located ecosystem that apparently any developer can use. And it means that all these different services are provided to you if you want to subscribe to this Xbox game stack. To me, this makes clear what Microsoft is trying to do and they're definitely cementing their position in the market as a game developer uh, as a way to facilitate game development and to make sure that they are providing the cloud services and the software and the hardware required to make the next generation of games and I very much think that Microsoft in general lost this console battle as we know we talked about at length with Sony right but They've always been known as a software company. Always. That's how they make their money. And now they're seriously making a push to become the hub to create games for anyone looking to do that. And that's actually very, very cool. Excited for Xbox fans because Microsoft and Xbox obviously tied at the hip. So just wanted to give you that PSA, public service announcement. And if you're a young developer, uh, honestly, check out GameStack. It probably has all the tools you'll need to uh, get your product out there. And that's pretty much it. Solo? I will say that it is very interesting that you mention uh, this sort of developer focus by Microsoft as well. It is not surprising 
given if you're familiar outside of the gaming sphere with the larger programming uh, industry and a website or repository known as GitHub, which was purchased by Microsoft uh, a couple of months ago. Billions of dollars. For, yes, about eight bill. And that does make me think that they are pursuing something analogous to what Epic Games does because they make a whole lot of money of theirs by licensing their language. And so if Microsoft can use a couple of these coders to be able to build a backend or to create a gaming language that they can then sell as packages and sort of create that create the new norm yeah create the new norm and the way that the, the way that mobile like ios can release dev kits and allow people to create games yep. specifically to languages yeah that's very interesting to see microsoft try to do it especially with the way they're going into cloud gaming so expect us to uh follow follow these lines we are 100 percent gonna follow but, this up yeah anywho e3 big news big news, big news. halo my sound cues don't work. Legendary. Anyway, <laughs> on to uh, the next story we have here, which is Fig, if you're not familiar, is a website that allow or a crowdfunding platform, I guess would be the best way to describe it, uh, that is sort of a competitor to like Kickstarter. And Kickstarter does have its snafus, which we had mentioned a week or two ago when I covered uh, in our something or another, or my something or another, the failed development of Star Citizen. But regardless, normally FIG allows for basically timed campaigns, which base it on a 30-day limitation and allows the public to fund the game within that time period. And now they're starting a new program called Open Access. And so... Initially, what FIG allowed it to do was, or allowed game developers to do, was to open up their games to investments from individuals for a return of the revenue shares upon the project's completion. So you were basically investing in the game with a hope of the back-end profits if it were to be successful, which I thought was a very interesting way to incentivize investing something you believe in. And now... The open access process uh, program does away with that limitation thing and replaces it with that open-ended ongoing funding, but it ties it to a development roadmap and feature milestones. They can uh, Backers can pay for certain reward tiers, and it's basically very similar to Kickstarter. Kickstarter but yeah. the real question there is going to be whether this will falter in the same way because those development roadmaps are literally just that roadmaps and dlc baby (laughs) (laughs) episodic episodic platform baby oh my god that is so funny Um, talk about star star citizen or whatever it is part of me thinks they're releasing releasing final fantasy 7 episodically because they don't have finished and um there is no guarantee. I don't care. So. I'm fucking pissed. That's so absurd. That's hilarious. It's so fucking absurd. I don't know if this is a good <sighs> idea or a bad idea on their part. I thought the idea that you could revenue share with the game that you were investing in was a great differentiator on a sort of crowded marketplace and would allow specific projects to go. I feel like something to like floors. Cuphead, etc., sure. yeah. would find a life there, but I also believe that maybe those types of titles are few and far between and you know the timing and the momentum etc 
you know, comes and goes. And so maybe to create a sustainable revenue model, this makes more sense because it will increase the amount of money they take and they probably take a percentage of the total or rather maybe they take a percentage per like donation. Like 2%, yeah. you know, so, like that kind of thing. Especially if you get like a thousand backers, how are you gonna divvy up the percentage like that? Yeah, Everyone so gets it's probably, you probably give up a percentage no. of every single donation, but simultaneously, if you have limited 30 day fucking, you know, raising period, it takes 30 days to get anyone's goddamn attention these days, let alone actually yeah. raise money. So let's see what happens. Hopefully we can get someone Let's from Fig happens. on the show to talk about their business model. How is it different from Kickstarter, sir? <laughs> First question. Yeah, right straight pointed up. Yeah, straight in their up. face. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, moving on to our next story. This is also in light of a PSA. I'm just trying to give you all the news just so you're aware. Uh, this is a cool story that we came across. It's really... Okay, if you're familiar with social media, if you're familiar with the whole battle with um, internet cookies and how every website that you go to now says that, hey, we're going to be tracking your cookies. And if you're familiar with your privacy settings on any fucking website that you ever register for, this should not come as news to you. But gaming also stores your private data. And I just want to make sure that is clear. Yes, of course you buy games. Yes, of course you are invested and your information is saved. But what I mean is your specific choices in games are utilized by the game developers to understand behaviors that people do. Now, what's interesting is that several developers of certain games in the industry are weighing in on their concerns about this mechanic and how all of your data is shared in social media platforms, but specifically how it affects your idea of a person when relating it to a game. Long story short, a couple of developers were interviewed and some people who helped create Silent Hill, Shattered Memories, and Fallout New Vegas weighed in and said that if they made a game in today's environment, they would have to reevaluate some of the choice-driven mechanics of the games that they released in the past because of the new rules, essentially, where you're allowed to record this data to improve your game. If you're doing any telemetrics, and telemetrics is the recording of actions in games and just really recording of anybody's uh, choices right, in any situation, the information that every game collects is making a picture or a profile of the gamer. Objectively alone, that information helps the game developers understand, oh, was this choice, like it's weighted heavily in, everyone went good here, they didn't want to kill that one person, you know, so maybe we can change that up next time to make it a harder decision for the gamer. But when you take that information and put it together with the person's profile and other gaming statistics, you get a very clear picture of their personality, which is a bit disconcerting and very personal. And that was the concern about privacy risks in games and storing your personal data. If you're not clear, why did I bring up Facebook and social media in general? That is what they do with your data. They sell your data to marketing companies so they understand your personality, know what you're looking at. It's the reason why you have so many Amazon ads that come up and all of a sudden, wow, they are very pointed and very particular because it goes off of your search history. They, when I say they, the community at large is selling personal data to make sure that you as a consumer are being targeted and your preferences are being recorded so that it is easier for them to make sales in the future because they already know what you like. This is happening in games as well and game developers understand this and are concerned by it. Should you be concerned? too late no offense uh you're listening to this right now and you're working on a website that is storing your cookies and understands your your searches 
Um, if you are concerned, you can contact a whole bunch of people. There's a whole bunch of groups out there pushing for more privacy, and it's the reason why there's a lot of ongoing legal battles right now. But realistically, I think it's the world that we live in now. Um, everyone has your data. And unfortunately, there's nothing you can do about it right now unless we protest as mass. And that's all I want to say. PSA, games you play, store your data, make a profile of you. Just be aware and understand it. I've come to accept it, but my shit's already out there anyway. I have some dumb pictures up on Facebook. Uh, I can't even take them down, unfortunately. Uh, Solo, I don't know. How do you How do you weigh in on games storing your data, making a profile of you? It's kind of pretty standard in today's day and age, right? Yeah, that's that's more or less the issue, I think. You know, I, I listen to a great podcast that answers or battles a lot of similar questions of uh, technological privacy. Exponent FM, which I plug to everyone and no one listens. So when we get when we get to something or another, you'll see how that ends up being useful. However, uh, it is less than surprising. I believe that. There's just a fundamental misunderstanding of the nature with which uh, data ends up getting handled. And so that is something that will continue to be an issue. Um, but we'll get to that another time. Don't be a sheep. Don't be a sheep. Uh, just understand it. You know, use use your brain. And anyway, speaking of <laughs> not using your brain. The gaming industry has decided for not to not use its brain long enough that the United States has finally had an acting senator, Josh Hawley from Missouri, a Republican, introduce legislation to ban publishers from using exploitative game mechanics and titles aimed at children and to prohibit children from accessing them in games aimed at adults. More or less... This was a domino that has been bound to occur. We've covered this over the past couple of months when, or a couple of months oh, when. Like the past year, dude. Well, in specifically the, this, the months where Democratic state senators in Hawaii and Washington ended up coming forth, but dating back to last March, not this one three months ago. Exactly. That's March what I'm a year and a year of 2018. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's been a year yeah, yeah. or over a year. Over a year. Go back. Check out the episode. It's called... Dominoes. 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 And I said then, and I'll say it now, if you did not self-regulate, eventually Europe would come after you. And after Europe came after you, then eventually it would spread to America because what it is surprisingly going to be, and I didn't expect it to be, is a bipartisan issue, especially because... It's so cut and clear how exploitative it's been. And so the game mm-hmm. industries who have sort of been able to push this all under the rug because of the lack of sort of media understanding of it, they're about to get blown out of the water uh, because of stuff like this. And so, you got to lobby harder, bro. <laughs> lobby harder. <laughs> yeah. Be excited for someone to try to deny children access to video games because of the fact that you didn't want to like pull back the lever a little bit on how much you wanted to drive profits down consumers' throats. So um, prepare for long arbitrary legal battles, gaming industry, but at least Stanley the Manly's in the game now. And so maybe he'll en français his way to a resolution, but who knows? Anyway, Lilo, let's run it down to the last Uh, two with a quick scope. I like it. All right. 
Uh, this is news for you if you're a fan of God of War, which won Game of the Year in 2018. Top as five. we are over here at PLG. What's up? What's up? What's up? Top five. Top uh, five. Check out our review. I don't remember what episode. I should probably know that off the top of my head, but what episode? Oh my god. <laughs> uh, anyway, Sony. They released a documentary depicting the development of God of War, and it's on YouTube right now. It's about an hour and 54 minutes, apparently, and they go through. So the game itself, just to give you some fun facts, took five years to develop, all right? So it's way back in the fucking day that they started, 2013. And they had over 400 hours of footage that they then distilled down to two hours, and that's for our consumer enjoyment, okay? Sol and I will be watching this documentary because I am very excited to hear about it. This goes hand in hand with some of the ideas that we want to do on this uh, podcast, actually. So it's pretty cool. We get to see the whole process as they go through it. And uh, we'll be providing a review from you sometime in the next few weeks. I'm not going to say when because we don't know when. But be on the lookout. And if you're a fan of God of War and uh, care about how video games are being made and sort of the story behind it and how the people behind it, how much they love it, check it out. All right. That's it. And now, to close out this bad boy, we're going to hit you with a little bit of Nintendo because, I've, surprisingly, we have not even touched on that once uh, in, in any of the stories. Uh, and that is because, chat, Tencent, Nintendo uh, President Shintaro Furukawa ended up giving some statements today on the expectations for the launch of the Nintendo Switch in China. And in particular, he tried to remind investors that the country is still predominantly mobile, or as my notes here say, shit's still mostly mobile. There may be a little bit of a cooling period, my G. So uh, basically mm. consoles have not very... have not sold well, more or less, competitive or comparatively speaking, uh, to the size of the gaming market in China. So, for someone to try to crack it, I think Nintendo. Mobile. I think Nintendo Mobile. is going Mobile. to do it because Nintendo, depending on the price point, the full basis of what Nintendo can pull off in That's China exactly will be it. its price point. And so, That's exactly it. If it treats it like it does the U.S. market, which is two middle fingers and not a goddamn penny off, then. It'll, they ain't going to sell. They ain't going to sell. But I'm sure they're going to have a far different approach. And I'm sure when the Nintendo Switch Lite comes out, that is going to be the full version meant for China. Same way we mentioned Apple had done the C. That will be for the cheaper sort of uh, poorer markets in the area. The high-end ones will be for the Western, et cetera, et cetera. So that, that's all I got. You got anything to add on that? And by the way, they had I'm, to partner with Tencent in order to release in China. Just wanted to let you know. <laughs> Makes sense. And that's why the coin came in, baby. Tencent making so much money because they're literally the go-to people. And it kind of makes sense because they're part of government. Anyway, uh, no, I would say you're, you're right. I think you hit the nail on the head with the price point. Uh, fun facts. We were going to cover this. It's not really news, but uh, Nintendo Lite is rumored to be at 250 in the Western markets and could even be as low as $200. These are, it's the Nintendo console with attached sides. So there's not going to be any Joy-Cons. And honestly, in my head, that wouldn't fucking matter to me because most of the time I keep a pair of Joy-Cons attached to my console when it's charging. And then I take 
the other ones that I have because I have more than one and I use those to play. So I, if that is the same case, oh man, they're going to make so much fucking money. I'll be honest. They're going to make so much money. Good for them. Big facts. Big facts. Um, and now that's about it for the quick scope. Quick scope. And now we're going to move over to one second. Now we're going to move over to a little bit of something of another. Hey. Uh, and what we're going to be covering today is actually a, a pretty big deal. And that is called uh, the Supreme Court of the United States Yeats Apple. And you may be wondering. <laughs> what is the fuck does that mean? What does that exactly? What does that mean? Yeah, I'm, I'm filling you in, bro. What the fuck does exactly. that mean? Exactly. Big facts, more or less. The case rules that. <clears throat> how, to, how to put this simply that Apple is not saying that it's a monopoly. So. Let me find the one-liner in this thing that I can use for my for to explain this in the simplest way possible. So the court claims that Apple is liable for creating a monopoly because they force developers to increase the price of their games to unfair market prices in order to reap regular profits. Now if you're not familiar with the way the iOS store works, they take 30% of the profits from any game sold or any app sold on the market. And so the problem is, in addition to taking 30% of every single thing sold, they do not, Apple that is, do not allow you to release any form of software or app on the phone that's not released through the iOS store and they are the ones who create the rules and guidelines that allow for those apps to be approved and so what basically a group of iPhone users had argued in 2011 was that constituted a monopoly and so then the court was looking at it and they were mentioned and one of the uh, cases argued was that because of that 30% revenue charge for every single sale, the price increase is passed on to the user. That price increase being passed on to the the user ends up making it a monopoly. Apple's defense in this was actually pretty fucking hilarious, and I think that is genuinely why they lost it. They tried to argue that people who bought apps on the iPhone were indirect customers. That because they were purchasing apps from the developers hosting games on the App Store rather than Apple itself and thus couldn't file an antitrust case against the company according to a legal precedent established earlier. Oh, man, that's beautiful. Um, so you're saying prime customers are not our customers, like not us buying the apps, but the actual developers? 
that we're saying? Yeah, so more or less they would say that you the app is responsible for the price point because they're the ones in charge of it, whereas the court is saying, Apple is saying because they're the ones selling it, we're just hosting it, that's not our problem, what they're charging, we need our cut for taking it, so that's not my customer, gotcha. that's your customer. But they're like, that's it's your, your customer, customer yeah. too. And this goes into what we had talked about with yeah. the, uh, whether you could be liable. I think it was with Twitch in Europe, whether you could be liable for the content hosted on the channels. Yes. And that relates to this. But in this case in particular, it's hilarious because the court literally said, Apple's line drawing does not make a lot of sense other than as a way to gerrymander Apple out of this and similar lawsuits. And it's like, mm-hmm. that case made me think that they lost. And more or less what it does is that there's a bunch of cases that remain in a lower court pending higher court cases and when that higher court case is resolved that opens the door as to what the next steps would be for those lower Kate courses uh, court cases and so the lower ones that were waiting <laughs> eh, my yeah. Philo and for the court cases that were pending for claiming that Apple was a monopoly which you'd be surprised there was probably a lot of have now the option of becoming something real and this was something i think we spoke about last week as a a deterrence method that uh what's their face ended up using um what were we talking about with that with the i don't know where you're going bro i'm waiting i'm gonna find it um i'm gonna find this i'm gonna come back to it out of randomly and be like oh i remember this (laughs) i forget it but regardless um this is a it's a it's an interesting development and it, it sort of traces back to what we had spoken about when Google uh, Play and Epic Games had an issue and they pulled the Fortnite from Google Play and decided to release it itself through its own uh, platform installer and I was like, what are mm-hmm. they going to do on iOS because they can't do the same thing there and we were like, wow, this is probably going to be a pretty big precedent because they were like, hey. Fuck you, Google. We don't want to pay you this money for no reason other than you existing. And then you know what that drove them to do? To go out and be like, you know what? Fuck it. We're just gonna make the Epic Game Store. So they went. Yep. So if anyone is mad, Steam, Discord. If you want to be mad at someone, blame these guys because this uh, was like the it. domino that set off a chain reaction of Epic yep. Games coming after everyone else's lunches because they were like, yo, we are making money hand over fist for you guys for no other reason. And so when I asked you for something, you better fucking give it to me. And if you don't want to give me special uh, case consideration, Treatment? then guess what yeah. you'll get? Nothing. And so congratulations, <laughs> Apple and Google Play. Hey, that's what happens when you have the power, man. That's what happens when you have the power. And it was funny. Even when sense. they released it on Google Play, like the next week, there was like a virus in it. And we we're like, fucking Google Play trying to get them off the store. Like, that was hilarious. <laughs> exactly. But that all just draws back to the fact that um, listen to Exponent FM and more or less... Steam got lucky because they would have been liable for the same sort of lawsuit had they not been undercut by competitors. And so now this opens the door to a bunch of different markets. But at the same time, Apple's a closed ecosystem. So there's no way for other... Anyone to get in or out. Yeah, (laughs) so this case has a weird end point. 
What do you think? What's the end point for a closed ecosystem that has suddenly (laughs) been claimed to be a monopoly because they only allow people to be allowed in through their closed ecosystem? Go. I think absolutely nothing. Nothing happens. I I don't know. What's the end? I just, I can't, I'm like, I I don't know. It's like a circle. Public backlash. Like the developers don't make games. So Apple doesn't release new shit. That's the only thing I can think of. But no one would do that if they're making money, which they probably are. And so they're like, eh, eh. Whatever. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But um, I think it was interesting. I don't really have much else to add on that end. So what do you got? All right. Now let's uh, – that's the end of your something or another. Let's bring back the debut, baby. The debut. The, de- the um, re-debut. The rebu. The redebut. The rebu redebut. I don't even know. Of, rebu. Of the rumor mill, baby, for – Season Trey. Oh, dude, speaking of, Season Trey is, like, coming up. Damn. Yo, you hit us with the first rumor. I know you got it. Uh, Our first rumor is actually a pretty exciting one, and that is a new Pokemon. Has been rumored to be coming to mobile from DNA. Nothing confirmed, nothing interesting more to say about it but expect it apparently in march 2020 and so what it could be what it could include i'm assuming it'll be pokemon snap all right i'm gonna take you at that because those are the same guys that made uh, a couple other nintendo games right i'm pretty sure so them using pokemon makes sense fire emblems i think is one of them d d e n i don't know but, i I didn't, anyway. ch- I didn't check what other games they had made to be honest i should have probably no, I got you. I, I'm pretty sure they're the ones who made Fire Emblem and Super Mario, uh, Super Mario Run. That one, definitely. So they know how to monetize fucking Nintendo games. I'm sure they'll do just fine by Pokemon. All right, next rumor that we got, baby. Coming up, E3. Uh, there's rumors that Call of Duty Modern Warfare 4 is going to be announced at the E3 Coliseum event featuring Infinity Ward. So Infinity Ward is going to be there. Um, Activision typically reveals the new Call of Duties in May of the year that they'd be coming out, but uh, they haven't said anything yet, except they did tweet out, well, E3 tweeted out the E3 Coliseum and Infinity Ward will be there. Oh, they're making Mario Kart Tour. Yeah, dude, that's what I'm saying. DNA. They, They got their fingers in the game, in the mobile game. So DNA, I'm sure, will be just fine with Pokemon. I don't know what it's going to be, but... Anyway, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 4, be on the lookout at E3, okay? Solo? This could be a huge fucking E3. Um, yeah, dude, E3 is E3. Yeah, I know, but this one in particular. It's very big and very important. Halo it's, it's Infinite. <laughs> Give me Halo Infinite. That's all I want. And next up, apparently a Taiwanese website accidentally put up the photo for the Gears 5 cover art and a possible launch date and so the picture has the female protagonist at the front and center with a a few extra photos we'll throw it up over on the Twitter and the release date is apparently supposed to be September 10th and so this may turn out to be accurate and another one of the rumors that Le Squad happened to be led on Hey. hey. I get it. And right. let me just jump in one more time and throw in, before we will close this out, with 
the fact that apparently there might be a new Splinter Cell game, and that was because the creative director of The Division 2 drank and celebrated with his colleagues at Ubisoft. <laughs> Ubisoft. Alcohol, baby. And uh, accidentally Ubisoft. implied that there was going to be a Splinter Cell game, in which case he now had to clarify, or Ubisoft had to obviously clarify, that he was obviously joking when he announced a new Splinter Cell game when he was drunk and working with people in a similar, with the, in the same exact publisher um, so, <laughs> shout out E3, new Splinter Cell game. Definitely not going to happen. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. definitely not going to happen. I, I Yo, that I'm man saying, tried to hit the LOL after the text, and no one believed him. Yep, because that's okay. JK, Splinter JK. Cell. We were talking about that before. We need to bring it back. need to bring it back. All right, let's close out Rumor Mill with the last thing, and this is funny to me. I'm pretty sure that you are going to have Netflix – Entering the Netflix of games. Yeah, that's right. Uh, apparently, Netflix is going to be at E3, and they're going to be hosting a panel. I don't know if this is the actual title, but you know, this story says, tentatively, it's going to be called Bringing Your Favorite Shows to Life, Developing Netflix Originals into Video Games. It's going to take place Wednesday, June 12th at 12 Pacific, and uh, the goal is to talk about developers and how they're going to adapt their original stories shows essentially into games um one of the things that is rumored to happen is stranger things 3 is going to be releasing this summer on july 4th super fucking pumped but uh they're apparently coming out with a game for that as well to be released shortly thereafter the season is released be on the lookout netflix will be the netflix of games what up hey, and, and that's the end of rumor mill netflix is taking the crown of how come they don't make video games with movies anymore and making video games about tv shows so same thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like to see old school shit come back for no reason. Anyway, <laughs> let's get to the end of this bad boy. We will hit us with the sound cue because I don't have any, and I don't think you're aware of that. So. Hey. I got it, baby. Get money. And this question was brought to us by our wonderfully knowledgeable editor. So first of all, before we say anything, big pause and shout out to our... Um, Designer, technologist. <laughs> oh, goodness. Nah, but oh, goodness. for real. The question that sort of came to mind was was whether Nintendo had any pressure to enter the cloud gaming market. And so obviously we spoke on the show about how Microsoft is so far ahead on that aspect and you know basically becoming a software sure. platform themselves rather than focusing yep. on being console exclusive. And, you know, sort of hoping their their collection of studios that they acquired in the past year or so would help them get first party titles to help push that uh, open software. PS5, we have no idea about and sort of just assume that they might end up going. Sony isn't strong on that. I'm yeah, sure they'll I figure mean, they, it out. Like, they did stuff. the Vita and the PSP ahead of the Switch. So for them to understand a mobile docking console, I don't think would be out of the blue. I think PS5 is the, right. This is cloud it's a wild card. PS5 is is a yeah. wild card would be the best way to put it. And now, Ooh. Okay. now we have the Switch. One of the major drawbacks of the Switch is its online mode. Okay. It fucking blows would be a, a soft way to describe it, but realistically. You know, when you're trying to play in groups, 
uh, and especially in games something like Smash, where you would assume that because of the size of the show, uh, because of the size of the uh, the <laughs> technical difficulties. Yeah, Don't worry about no, it. I was gonna say because I'm trying to think of the the phrase I wanted to because of the size of the. Uh, matches that they even allow you to do eight matches so i was gonna say arenas but arenas doesn't sound right i was trying to figure out the word matches uh eight players, eight players but you can't even eight play eight players online zone, yeah. four players is a max and so right. it's a little odd to me that you don't have the ability to play the extent of the game online and so we, we've talked about that with mario party as well and so I don't know. I, I, I think at this point, Nintendo has to figure out a way to focus on its online aspects to be able to create games that you can play on the move that maybe not be, uh, you know, internet connected. There's no multiplayer games you can play on the go. But for now, Nintendo has enough games that it can float by on the fact that you can play single player games but I'm reduced to playing something like Final Fantasy 9 but at the same time there's no real it's not like cloud based I think I don't want to mess change the conversation but I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna bring up two points okay one Nintendo is doing very well to Switch (laughs) you fucker they've sold 31 million Switches okay they are doing pretty well. They obviously have found a niche in the market that people want. I think cloud gaming works with consoles like Xbox and PlayStation much better than the Switch now because the Switch is portable. The Switch is mobile and it's hard to get that Wi-Fi connection when you're on the go. If I'm on a train, I'm not going to get fucking Wi-Fi. Like it's not going to work out. So single player games make sense. If I'm on my Xbox Scarlet, whatever the hell we want to call it, or PS5, I'm going to be at home in front of a TV that is definitely going to have Wi-Fi because what first world individual does not have access to Wi-Fi? Probably a lot, actually. That's a shitty statement to say. But you understand what I'm getting at. Cloud gaming requires you to have internet access. And cloud gaming to me is the evolution of not just streaming to your consoles, but it's going to be streaming to your mobile phones. Right now, you can't stream high-definition games to your mobile phones because the connections just aren't that good. But I think with the evolution of 5G and the next wave of technology, it'll be feasible. It'll be possible. The Switch is not being created with a cellular connection. So that immediately hinders it in the mobile market sense. And because it's a single you know, console, I think they don't really have pressure because the whole idea is based on portability. If you didn't have portability... Yes, everyone else is going cloud. You have to have fingers in the pie to make any money. But because they're not and they're making this switch light, they're expecting people to want hardware and software combined. Physical till I die, Solo. I thought that's what you were all about. So I'm just saying like, no, I don't think there's any pressure because they found that niche and it's still doing very well. It's doing, (laughs) making many sales. It's, It's like, still very very strong in the market and then couple that with nintendo light going into the chinese market like man they could make a fucking killing they really could and they have all this original ip that no one else has access to that people will always buy their games hell fucking breath of the wild was a console seller like smash was a console seller they have these ips that are console sellers 
and people understand what they're getting and they're not trying to play them whenever, wherever on their phones. They're just trying to play them on the switch and that's what they got going for them. That's at least what I think. I don't know. Xbox is literally pushing the cloud. I don't know. PlayStation, they have the game pass type thing. I forgot what it's called. The Sony store, I think, or something like that, where you can download games. I mean, now they have EA access too. Or they got EA origins or whatever it is. But I don't think, no, I don't think Nintendo is worried. Okay. That's just my two cents. And it's because they are portable. They have IP and the cloud gaming is more for the mobile market to me. What do you got? What do you think? What's your rebuttal? Until they understand that they could release every single single, every single goddamn Pokemon on the Switch. I was going to say single Switch Pokemon, and then I was like, that doesn't make sense. And so that's a that single single. <laughs> so I just, I just redundant, redundantized myself. But um, for them to be able to, I'm just going to harp on that drum forever. The amount of money they could make from a subscription service. If anyone could be a Netflix of games, it's Nintendo because of the catalog, like you said. And so if you charge me five bucks a month to have access, in addition to what Nintendo Online is to be able to play any Pokemon game from the past, I pay it in a second. Right. I just don't think that that is long term. Once the feeling ends... Once you fucking played the game once, you're not gonna play it again and There's again. There's a lot of so the games. Loses value. A lot of, but you, yeah. you, you, you un- look at Beezus, bro. Beezus still plays that shit occasionally. Like, there's a long term. So what? But that just That's one he's person. not he's not one person. There's a large group like that, and so the repl- Beezus is an idea. Beezus, Beezus <laughs> is an example an of a larger group <laughs> of people who are still Pokemon enthusiasts who would still play it. And I think if you put it on a console in front of them that they were still using actively and they didn't have to go back and pick up a goddamn Game Boy Advance to be able to play, say, Pokemon Ruby and you had that on your Switch while you were chilling, they would pay. I'm just saying it wouldn't, it's not long jump. They would pay for one month to play the games they wanted and then they'd cut the subscription. And then they'd never play it again. I yeah. honestly believe that. Yeah, honestly, yeah, we're gonna have. They can just sell I'm gonna have again. Bezos. They should, they we're gonna have Bezos again. on the show next week because if you have I'd not checked out, if you have not in. checked out the Instagram, he just released his tiers of starter Pokemon's, and so we're gonna bring him on here and explain how wrong you are. And so it will literally be he, a he segment titled oh, this is so "Why good. So Why Solo Brought Bezos On" and colon. To prove Lilo wrong. There you go. Fair. The end. And it'll be like Michael Scott's and fun run. <laughs> it's pretty, it, it works as an end to this as well. I think we, we spoke a little bit. We gave some good ideas about why Nintendo should or should not be worried about the market. I have no doubt that they will make money. I just don't think it'll be long term. And uh, you got anything else to say on this final lap before we close out? No? I Fine. have. Uh... No, I got shit all to add. Um, I'll be right. Bezos, right. back me up. And Bezos, if you don't back me up, you're not allowed on the show next week. Ooh, someone's scared. That's, that's just no, his I got, I got full worry, experience, but I know I could be like, yes, this is it. And they'll be like, why'd you think that? Like, I don't know. I felt right. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking jerk. Um, all, right. all right, all right. I think I got to read. Anyway, I got nothing else to add. That's all we got. Wednesday, May 22nd, 
a very Miyazaki film night. Tickets on Eventbrite, or you can get them in person at the door. Wine, cheese, crackers. A new thing with a new partner, Industry Makers. At People at Games is all the socials, more or less. We will take us home. Appreciate you listening to us ramble towards the end there. Uh, we definitely well researched this idea and it wasn't off the cuff, but we enjoyed it actually. This, this, this is a fun debate. I do appreciate the fact that he threw down the gauntlet and so Beasts will be coming out next week. Be sure to uh, follow us up. And, and we also yeah, threw down the gauntlet for Stanley the Manly being... <laughs> yeah, I wrote that down. Yeah. <laughs> I literally wrote that down. So... Uh, throwing out gauntlets all over this episode. I uh, appreciate it. Sam the man's gonna get canned. Hey, that's the end. Ah, we out. There you go. <laughs>